Hey everyone, this is the Everyday Leader Podcast, where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today I speak with Persis Ashers, a people and operations strategy leader passionate about enabling dignified workspaces where the 21st century professional is engaged, challenged, and thriving. Persis is based in Nairobi, Kenya. In her current role as the Africa Operations Director, Persis oversees ID Insights Africa Operations ensuring that ID Insight Africa has best-in-class people, systems, processes, and policies to maximize the impact of its projects. She develops and enables culture initiatives, supports the regional directors across two business hubs, and ensures that ID Insight offices on the continent are compliant, fantastic, and inclusive places to work. In this role, Persis leads a multi-country operations team across the Nairobi, Lusaka, Dakar, and Rabat offices. Prior to ID Insight, Persis led the People Operations Team at ALX in the room, part of the African Leadership Group, setting up strong foundations and structures for the organization's growth and people and developed operational systems for their global corporate programs. She has served as a curriculum designer, facilitator, and partnerships lead at the African Leadership University and had a range of operations management roles at Microsoft Kenya, Triggerize East Africa, and Nielsen. She is a co-founder of the market research firm AfriQuest Research. Persis is a 2015 Mandela Washington Fellow, a 2016 Babson Launch and Grow Fellow, and a Georgia Tech GWEI Fellow. She has a BA in International Relations and is certified in Business Process Improvement, leaning on the Six Sigma principles. She also speaks English, Swahili, and Luo. Hi, Persis. Welcome to the Everyday Leader Podcast. Really excited to... Uh, speak with you today about your leadership journey. Welcome. Thank you very much, Chris. I'm happy to be here. So I know that you work at ID Insight uh, at the moment. You've been there for about half a year, but I'd like to first uh, begin by having you share with us a story of your leadership uh, origin. So uh, when you look back at your career so far, uh, it's still early on, but uh, is there a moment or maybe a series of, of moments where you can look back and say that you, you really started to step up as a leader in a professional sense. That's an interesting question. Um, I think an occasion that um, comes to mind or, or, or a time that comes to mind is when um, in my first job, um, I, I, I led a team, uh, proje- uh, a project team that was based across East Africa. Um, and this meant that I was in charge of field team members. Um, at times, dependent on project, up to you know 500 uh, temporary employees, um, and I realized that it was very, it, it was a unique opportunity to motivate, to inspire, but to also get a lot of work done, which meant that I needed to really think about the needs of the team that I worked with and see them as people, as humans. Um, before seeing them as resources for the job that we needed to do, and so that made me. Um, build some ingenuity um, in me around just supporting people to thrive, supporting people to enjoy the work that they do, problem solving, you know, putting people at the center uh, of of solutions and really thinking about how to be not just a manager, but a leader very early on in my career. Um, I also worked, uh, I reported to a manager who exposed me to a very unique um, way of leadership, very compassionate, very collaborative and at that point, I realized that this was something that I wanted to emulate and better understand and use as a tool in my manager toolbox. So I would say 
these two instances were very defining for me as a leader and a manager um, as I went into my career. That sounds so helpful to have such a solid role model, uh, or at least uh, a manager that you report to early on that demonstrates some of the qualities that you see as being uh, very necessary and valuable uh, to to be around and to one day emulate. So can you maybe share like an example uh, of what you saw that manager doing or, or not doing that uh, really stuck out to you? And, and, and how have you maybe adapted or uh, practiced that uh, in your current um, line of, of kind of leadership yourself? This manager was... Um... He understood that myself and a colleague that I worked with at the time were entry-level employees. And so there was a lot that was very new to us. Um, things that are as simple as, you know, the font that we're using writing emails to clients or the business language that we needed to use um, was not always of good quality. And so he took time to really explain to us um, why we, why as an organization we use certain fonts, uh, why as an organization we um, put certain structures around work to ensure that our delivery was best of class and of a certain standard. And while at the time it was a bit awkward just because my, my vision of a boss was somebody who was very, who ordered you around, who told you what to do, um, this boss came off as more of a supporter, more of somebody who wanted to see myself and my colleagues succeed in the work that we were doing. Actions such as, you know, having a conversation with us about our emails and, you know, the flowery font that we were using came off more as kind than uh, bossy. And, and that motivated us to want to do better, to, you know, do research, to discover what else could make us stronger professionals um, at that stage. As I moved into roles where I needed to manage people then, um, this memory stuck with me because... It helped me see people as individuals, as people who were on different journeys and had had different exposures, getting to the place where we engaged or interacted at work. And so sharing the vision uh, of the project, of you know the vision of success, the direction that we wanted to go on a particular project or within the organization became very key in getting everybody on board and aligned and you know buying into the direction that we wanted to take on any given issue it also made problem solving and having difficult conversations way easier for me who loves to see people engaged and thriving and happy at work because it then you know feels like we're, we're working towards the same goal rather than you know someone feeling that like they're being called out by a boss or a manager it's more of a conversation a conversation of growth and it also helps me to you know Open, open the path for the same feedback um, for me as a manager or as a leader. How about on the flip side? So it's great that you were able to kind of soak in these, um, you know, helpful traits and helpful uh, best practices that you kind of naturally uh, ended up picking up yourself, just, you know, having experienced it and, and, and knowing that that was uh, the way forward. Were there ever cases also that, you picked up negative traits or bad habits from other managers or other team members and how did that end up playing out how did you end up recognizing that you picked up bad habits and, and self-correcting that's an interesting question um one one thought that comes to mind is because i 
always keep the objective of you know whatever project we have in mind. Um, I experienced you know times when I would get really you know critical feedback from the teams that I was working with around um, the pressure that I put when we were close to a deadline or um, you know the the the, the certain actions that could come off as micromanaging just because the objective that we needed to meet was way closer um, in time or cost or whatever other metric that we were looking at. Um, and I realized that this could have come from working with very rigorous teams where there was an expectation around like ownership and um, you know shouting when you needed support. And so in expecting teams to be collaborative and operate in the same way that I preferred, we would at times get to a point where there was certain work that had not been done and i then would come in very strongly as a lead to ensure that things moved over the line which is not a good trait um on my reflection just because people have different preferences of work and i think as a leader it's important to note what those are and then adjust your style to ensure that you know work is happening growth is happening and that the team is engaged and engaged throughout the project uh, sufficiently, which I think is something that I likely learned from different spaces that I've been in. And as your career has developed, uh, it seems that you focused a lot around people operations and operations more broadly. How, how do you think that your leadership style has adjusted or adapted to that type of work? I often like to think that I love people um, and my personal or professional mission is to see every African um, in the workplace really thriving and engaged. And so I feel like my career has led me towards a people role just because I have, I, I guess, the love for you know people, a patience, a tolerance, an eagerness to learn and to see things through you know, different people's lenses. Um, I started off as a project manager in a market research company, but immediately I found that I enjoyed working with people. I enjoyed motivating people. I enjoyed, you know, ensuring that the people in the organization were supported to thrive, whether it's, you know, in a field project out in Uganda or it's, you know, in the office supporting, you know, the sub-Saharan Africa team on a particular initiative. Um, I realized that I really enjoyed to see people thrive. And I don't think um, we have enough time to you know, be in roles that do not uh, motivate us, enable us, inspire us. And so I want to be part of that kind of environment, which means that um, I find it easy to, to, to move towards roles that are more focused on people's strategy and thinking about you know, the touch points uh, with different people within the system or externally and thinking through solutions for them. And so you recently joined ID Insight as the Director of Africa Operations. What drew you to that role and, and what is ID Insight all about? That's interesting. I think it's the people aspect, once again. Um, an opportunity arose to work with an organization that's very um, mission-oriented, mission-focused, impact-driven, um, but a role that would allow me to once again work very closely to support people, to enable them to thrive and to ensure that ID Insight Africa offices are really the best place to work. Places that can be a professional home, um, spaces where you know all team members, all teammates can bring their best selves to work. And that 
was definitely something that um, really appeals to me. Um, it's been uh, just six, seven months now. And I feel like the, the work that I get to do on a day-to-day -day basis is a dream. Um, my role uh, leads a team that sits across four offices in the region, different cultures based on these different countries, but also a mix of nationalities because we are a very multicultural team. And so every day is an opportunity for me to learn, to unlearn, to discover new ways of doing things, you know, new preferences, bits and pieces that really make work enjoyable because we're dealing with real humans. Um, but yeah, ID Insights as an organization um, has an objective or a mission to fight global poverty with data and evidence. Um, and so as an organization, we're constantly thinking about amplifying impact within the social sector by helping you know, governments, funders, NGOs to use data and evidence in real time within real world constraints to get better results. So what this means for me on the back end is that I need to think about the people, the systems and the processes that would actually bring, bring the, the level and breadth of impact to life um, that we are set on doing. And so on a day-to-day -day basis, this looks like trying to find the best people, looks like um, you know, speaking to people to understand the challenges that they're ex experiencing, thinking about work-life balance, work sustainability, policies, local norms, um, culture, and how we can continuously work towards a more inclusive and equitable culture for everybody that works with us. Amazing. Tell us more about what the transition was like into this director role coming from kind of an outside perspective, right? Because, you know, some of us uh, enter into roles where we're immediately overseeing people who are already at the company. I've, I've been in that role as well. Uh, I've also been in roles where you kind of go at the end, the you know, junior level and you work yourself, uh, work your way up. So I know you've also experienced both of that, but maybe reflect on this most recent transition where you've come in now at a director level, uh, new to the company and already overseeing people across four different offices. What were some things that maybe went well or didn't go well and, and uh, some strategies that you would maybe suggest to others uh, entering into a similar uh, transition? I think one of the things that has been, that I've always known is that many times transition points are difficult. And so coming into this role, I remember having a conversation with um, a coach that I had, a, a professional coach that I was working with at the time, um, right before I, I started at ID Insight as a director. And I was just, you know, trying to think through what the best way to prepare would be, because I had this gap of about three to four weeks um, before my start date. And he helped me to see that really we are at the places where we are because of so many decisions, so much effort, so much learning and unlearning, so many networks. And so rather than feel inadequate about the, 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 the step that I was taking, I should see it as an opportunity to grow, to discover, and to learn, to add more um, lessons and, and people and experiences um, into my toolbox. And I really appreciated that because I think um, while getting accustomed to new environment is, is a new experience expectedly, um, it must be new. And so coming into ID Insight, I really took on that 
perspective, a perspective of learning, of being open to discovery, to long nights, to um, a new way of doing things. I also mo was moving into the international development space, which was completely new to me, um, into a space where on the daily I work with researchers who are typically very analytical people. And so there was a lot for me to learn, a lot, of, a lot for me to adjust to. Um, and I think different, different parts of one's journey have different expectations. And so in my mind, I keep thinking about how to keep myself challenged. So even after the first six months and things are, are, are now starting to become a bit more um, manageable in pace and, and manageable to understand, how do I ensure that I am keeping an eye on the objective that I have as a people leader? as somebody who's thinking about culture, who's thinking about strengthening the organization, who's thinking about retention, who's thinking about you know, equity across so many different aspects uh, within, within the, the, the operations um, function broadly. And so I think moving into a director role was just as difficult as I expected it to be because there's more responsibility. But once again, um, ID Insight is a place where there's been a lot of support, where there's um, I have two amazing um, supervisors who are also on their professional journeys, who are growing, who are learning and unlearning as I am. And that has made it okay to be, to be on a learning journey, on a growth path, to make, um, to make mistakes and to learn from those mistakes. Um, and I think it's, it's been just as difficult as it would be if I moved into entrepreneurship or if I moved into, you know, a space that is a bit newer um, than, than what I was in previously. Well, it sounds like you made the transition uh, in very intentional terms and in, in, in being very self-aware. And you mentioned that you had worked with a professional coach during or as part of that transition. Uh, have you worked with a coach before that? And, and what what else about the experience of, of speaking with a, a coach uh, would you comment on? I think a coach is very important. Um, a professional coach is very important. So I worked with a coach for at least a year before that. And in different points of my career, I've, I've worked with you know coaches, depending on what I needed. I think a people role, um, people strategy, people leadership role, can be very emotionally heavy um, because you're dealing with real humans. And I believe in the principle of radical compassion where um, we, we are constantly thinking about um, how to enable people, how to alleviate their pain um, and, and, and doing that from what they perceive it to be, not from what we think we know. And so, working with a coach really has helped me from time to time take a step back take a step out of my role empathize with people you know think ahead to what what i might not be seeing leverage other resources and, and tools and um, networks that might not initially be in my um, initial circumference and so i think you know having a professional coach is important for clarity I will likely continue to work with a coach throughout my professional life just because of how valuable it's been. Um, and I think to the point where I think at some point in my life, I'd likely even need, want to take a, a coaching um, coaching class because I think it's a very valuable skill to have as a leader. 
Amazing. Well, the Coffee Chat platform will always uh, be welcome, welcoming to you uh, once you've gone through that course, and we'd be happy to, to have you on board. <laughs> um, but back to your current role at ID Insight, I'd love to hear a bit more about um, some kind of practical examples of projects that you've already uh, dived into. Uh, what are the types of kind of cutting edge people operations, people strategy type of work uh, at a company like ID Insight that works uh, around international development and uh, getting data in real time to to kind of make uh, help you know policymakers and and uh, organizations make decisions on the types of projects that they want to move forward with. One that I can mention, I think, is around culture, which is something that's very of of high interest to me and something that I want to continue um, learning about, discovering, and and and. Testing out different things. So, in a multicultural organization, um, there are certain pillars, if you may, that the organization has been built on. Um, ID Insight has been in operation for about ten years. We actually celebrated our tenth anniversary in June of this year, of, of last year, of twenty twenty one, and we are in a high growth phase. And so, we are likely to to maybe even double um, our people in the coming year and have been growing significantly over past months. And so with the way that I see culture, culture, sh culture shapes, forms, reforms with the people that are in the organization. And so one of the projects that um, you know I own, and I'm using project very lightly, I think it's a long-term initiative, is ensuring that ID Insights Africa offices are great places to work. So, you know, thinking about the values, the culture that has allowed ID Insights to provide the positive and efficient work environment that it has, but also how do we continue to enable this? How do we continue to make this more inclusive, more equitable, um, a place where everybody can bring their best selves to work every day um, and, and continue to look at our policies, our systems, our people, our management styles, our ways of working, um, you know, our sustainability of work to ensure that really our offices are amazing places to be in and not just the physical environment, but the people that we work with. So as a lead of the Africa operations team, um, one of the things that we do very regularly, daily, um, you know, we have weekly rhythms around this is to check in with staff. Team health is a big part um, of our success as an organization. And so this means checking in, checking in with individuals, checking in with project teams, checking in with you know, um, functional teams and thinking about what kind of events and professional development um, structures should we have in place to ensure that people are not only engaged, but excited to work at ID Insight. Um, we also think about the workspaces that we have. What is an enabling space with, um, you know, the pandemic, we are seeing many offices going outside. So what can we do, you know, for our, our office spaces to ensure that, you know, it's spaces where people would thrive at. If you want to work outside, there is there are facilities to enable you to do that. If you want to work from home, we are thinking about how to ensure that you're fully supported to deliver amazing work. And then we also have, you know, um, professionals with years of experience and we have um, people who are newer to the workspace. And so what kind of space do we need to, 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 to enable 
um, to co-own with our teammates to ensure that everybody, everybody's voice is heard, everybody's able to contribute effectively, not only to the work that we're doing, which is really important, but also to the culture that is being um, cultivated within the different spaces. So we have the ID Insight um, you know, culture, but what is the ID Insight Africa culture? What is the ID Insight Lusaka office, Nairobi office, Dakar office, and Morocco office culture? And how can we ensure that this is really co-owned by all members in the team? You mentioned the element of hybrid work and also offices across different countries. And uh, you, you've worked also at the African Leadership Group where we actually crossed paths uh, previously and a few other companies that I'm sure were in a similar um, setting. But how, how do you see uh, management styles adapting to this new normal of hybrid work and the fact that so many people either report to others in other countries or vice versa? How have you yourself adapted and how have you seen you know, the different managers you work alongside, uh, not only at ID Insight, but the African Leadership Group, uh, how, how have you seen um, management styles adapt? That's an interesting question because I think it touches on the future of work. Um, something that I saw the African leadership group being very deliberate about and something that I also really value at ID Insights, where um, both organizations are aware that digitalization is driving the next decade of workplace transformation. And so what that means is that each um, leader as they think about their strategy, as they think about the next five years, the next 10 years, really needs to think about, as they think about you know, their, their strategy, what are some of the, what, what kind of flexibility is required within the strategy to boost productivity, to enable work-life balance, which has become even more important um, for, for the current employee? Um, and where can they put their investment in creating this flexible and effective working environment? Um, another pillar that I often think about is just talent planning. What would it take to recruit well in the era that we're in and as we're going into the future, thinking about gender diversity and, and diversity and inclusion broadly? Um, what are the, you know, the organization's values, um, the mission that would speak to diversity and inclusion in hiring, but also in retention? And as we think about retention, you know, building employee skills, boosting their workplace learning, how do we enable our employees to become, to remain adaptable to the changes? COVID was a big shift that nobody anticipated. Um, and so for organizations that are surviving and thriving, um, I, I would even say, how are we thinking about talent? talent? Um, we can't just think about hiring to accomplish workforce goals as being enough. But we need to start investing in the digital journey of you know, the workforce from tools to software to you know, people support, mental health support, um, you know, flexibility in work, whatever that looks like. Community, which is also something that has come out very strongly during this difficult period. Um, another pillar that I think about quite a bit as I think about the future of work and as a people leader is learning and innovation. Um, I think that in the future, digital, you know, human skill, skills will be in high demand. There might be some risks with automation, but I think humans are adaptable enough to 
be um, to discover and, and, and to find um, you know, new ways of work, to, uh, new ways of adding value into work. And so as organizations, even as we automate, are we um, you know, thinking about innovation and thinking about the people that we have and how best we can derive value and engage them efficiently? And then, you know, employee experience, it's becoming more and more difficult to retain employees if, you know, an organization is not adapting to change. And so what does meaningful work, relationships and experience mean, you know, to the, to the people that we want to retain? And how can we ensure that we're constantly listening to them? We're constantly, you know, we, we have a finger on what's happening in the organization and across the board not in leadership only, because I think that's an easy pitfall, but we're listening to everybody in the organization and ensuring that they are engaged, that um, they're co-creating they're, they're, they're co the space that they'd want to be of, to be in while adding value. Um, and the fifth pillar is work environment. Um, we, we are moving away from offices in buildings with no air. And so, you know, what, what kind of space um, do we need to put in place to ensure that people are feeling supported, are enjoying the flexibility of work that the pandemic has shown is, is, is important. Um, I think an easy pitfall for many organizations is, organizations is confusing you know, work hours with productivity. And so, you know, what do flexible workspaces look like? Um, how can businesses and organizations um, derive more value from, from you know, this kind of flexibility um, and you know, reduce expenses as well while enabling more productivity and more flexibility and more ownership by employees? So I think the future is exciting. Um, I think ID Insight is at a place where a lot of these pillars are viewed as very critical. Um, and I think the next couple of years will help us discover even more. Um, as long as we remain innovative um, and malleable with people at, at, at the core of everything that we do. Well, you, you really spoke a lot around, you know, creating a conducive work environment. And that's so true. You know, we started with the question of management style and you're talking about how leaders can show up. And it's so true that it's not just about around motivating a staff and developing them, but it's, a, it's also around attracting them and, you know, creating the right environment so that they can uh, thrive uh, on their own, um, and, and making sure that we're adjusting to to the future of work, as you as you said. And and as we start to wrap up, speaking of of the future, I, I'd be curious. You know, you've you've grown uh, into so many different uh, roles across a number of organizations, and now you are, are the director of Africa operations for uh, a great company, and. Uh, What's next for you as you think about your own continued career growth? How are you uh, continuing to be intentional about um, upskilling yourself and kind of future-proofing yourself uh, beyond uh, working with a coach? That's an interesting question. I'm at a point where I want to be very deliberate about my time professionally. And so as I look into the future, I think... Um, People, leaders who are committed to growth um, and to understanding people as these people change um, is going to be even more important. And so I want to 
continue to build my people um, leadership skills, people strategy skills, people analytics um, skills, and continue to support the continent, continue to um, think about how to enable Africans in the workplace to thrive. Um, and be open to meeting people who are aligned with this vision, um, you know, begin to think about, you know, how we can better invest um, in people on the continent, whether this be, you know, youth who are looking to, you know, get into decent work and, and to find work that is sustainable, whether this is women who are looking for opportunities to, you know, grow their income, to support their families better, to, to, to grow their career. Um, I think people is, you know, people as a, as a broad function has so much opportunity, and I do want to grow within this space, to be, you know, a leader who who uses coaching as as an approach. I want to continue to be a collaborative leader. I want to continue learning and unlearning, um, you know, working with with real humans, um, and continue to like move into roles that allow me. Um, to support people to thrive in the spaces where they generate income. Amazing. Uh, and I'm sure you will have continued success. It was amazing hearing from you today about the experience you've had and the learnings you've had and, and your thoughts around the future of work uh, and, and what it means for uh, leaders to kind of shepherd their, their people and their team to success. So thank you for opening up and reflecting so glad to hear that you uh, have been working with a coach during your most recent transition to ID Insight uh, and glad to hear that ID Insight is in rapid uh, growth mode. So I'm sure there's lots of open positions for those that, that might be interested. And I look forward to uh, following you on your continued leadership journey. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Chris. It was a pleasure to speak with you.